All right, gang, it is time for Puck Off. You know, it's Thanksgiving week coming up. Happy Thanksgiving to all the Puck Off fans out there. And because of Thanksgiving, we are doing our show on Sunday evening. Uh, so it's kind of a rarity, but uh, it's uh, great to see Joe Bartnick at his place. Andy Picaro's at his place. We're doing it on Zoom, obviously. And Fraser Smith here at my house in the Hollywood Hills. And guys, how are you? I'm doing great, Fraser. You know, nothing like a 3 nothing victory of the Vegas Golden Knights. We either look amazing or we look like we did last night. <laughs> it's hit or miss for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, how about Neveljevic? Ne- I can't ever say his name. Neveljevic, he goes down to the AHL, he scores a goal, and then he comes back and gets a shutout. He looks sharp. He look, I mean, I've been a big fan of his since Carolina. I could have done with him in, in uh, our backup Hellman and let Jari play somewhere else, but it didn't happen. That's a that's a story for another day. But Najakovic played great. And it, it, you know it's bad when my dad texts me on Thursday and says, Jari stinks. But, you know, last night was not – Saturday night's loss was not his fault. Uh, they did not play good. We don't play good against Carolina. I figured out the Penguins thing. We play good against teams that we just want to play our style of hockey – float around, have some fun. The teams that you're coached by Brindamore and all these guys want to get in your face and just annoy the shit out of us. We don't play good against, but you want to run around, run and gun place, have some fun. We can beat those teams when it's skill versus skill. We're going to win. It's the teams that want to play hard to get in your face and this crap and they're faster, but that's why they don't win in the playoffs when it really matters. We play good against big, heavy teams because we can we can handle that. We can't handle pests, right, Andy? Yeah, I think that the, the Penguins are kind of stuck between two teams right now. I, I mean, fundamentally, the Penguins have always sort of been a team that that, that attacks in the offensive zone. Sydney would turn would cause tur- turnovers, or Dupuis would cause a turnover. They're a team that would press uh, with two guys deep on the puck. This year, we started seeing them kind of just jam the neutral zone. At the Kings game, I was actually getting upset about it. But I think it's good. I think that they're learning to sort of sit back, and, and they're, they're playing like this 1-2-2, two, two, where they're really not forechecking that hard without the puck. And they're sitting back and clogging the neutral, neutral zone because they can't really skate like they used to. They're older. They're the oldest team in the league by about two years. And I think that it's working some nights and other nights. They're, they're you know, they just don't have the wheels. And I, I'm not blaming the big guys because they've been the best. But, you know, they are part of the age calculation. I think some nights are just not fast enough. I, I, I'm not trying to make an excuse for them or say it's the br- They're just not fast enough to with some of these teams that are averaging, you know, literally almost a decade younger than them. It's just teams, obvious. Teams that are star-laden, and it Vegas is more, um, you know, they have more depth than almost everybody. But teams that are star-laden, they have high high end up top salaries and skill. That's who the Penguins play with. But teams that are based that one through twelve are good. That's who we can't play against because our bottom pair defensemen and our top and our bottom lines, especially our fourth line, get hemmed in and we can't get the puck out. But when you have other high top teams with uh, you know top lines are good, but the bottom lines stink. We can beat those teams. <laughs> That's why against against depth teams we stink in the second period because we get hemmed in forever like last night our bottom pair could not get the puck out for an eternity but tonight it's like yeah you know floating around a couple guys we get the puck out screw around it's uh you know we're good against the teams 
that are kind of playing loosey-goosey. That's who we can play against. The teams that want to go out and we're bringing our 60 minutes of work and we're Rob Brin tomorrow. No one's going to outwork us. We don't play good against those teams because we're going to fall asleep for a period here and there. Well, you're older. Yeah. You know, the, the teams that just don't let Sid and Gino wheel and deal. <laughs> the teams that want to sit back and we'll trade chance for chance. Well, then, hey, some nights Jari stands on his head and some nights he doesn't. Some nights the Djokovic plays well. Some nights he's in the AHL. So whatever you know, <laughs> those are the games we win. When it's just a, when it's like, you know, World War One trench warfare and the trenches all game, we don't win those games. No, and it's and it's redundant to say that like they're not good against fast teams. It's the NHL. There isn't a slow team. Like there's nobody who's a, a, a team full of slow pokes. But I do think that what you're saying is completely true. Against heavy teams um, that roll four, they look good. They they look really good. But amongst the teams that are you know playing collectively and sort of, I don't want to say the better coach teams. Vegas is one of the best coach teams in the league. But against the teams that play as one unit cohesively they they don't play very well uh it's it's tough for them to play even the, again the kings game we went to we kept looking at each other like yeah they're kind of getting away with this one <laughs> you know they, they weren't really playing great the kings you know youth were getting to the net hellberg was huge and so that that's my main thing from seeing them is that you're right joe is that some nights that they need a little bit of puck luck they're not going to do it by themselves and they need to outscore a couple more problems than they are right now well, I'll, I'll, you know, we, well, then we'll get off the Kings page because there's so much, I mean, Penguins page because there's so much talking about. It's basically this. The, the teams that give the Penguins the blue line, the teams that let Sid and Gino and Lars Eller's line, which is playing fabulous, they let them get into the zone and then and then let Eric Carlson, who I, I can't even believe he's as good as he is. I thought he was good. He's amazing. You watch every night. The, let the guys get the blue line. Let Sid curl in. Let Snake screw around. Let Gino dance around. Hey, we look like the old Penguins. But the teams like Rob Brindamore and the teams and Lindsey Ruff's Devils that don't come up and they'll get in your face and their forwards will not let you just come into that blue line or the defense come up and then the forwards back check. That's who we can't play. The Capitals were, hey, Koozie, and everyone's having a good old time waiting for a turnover. And the Kings, you think Fiala's playing defense? You think Byfield's playing defense? No, we can play with those teams. Hey, that's all fun. But the teams that want to get in your face and, and you know, they're worried about sitting on the bench. The teams that have guys that worry about getting benched, we don't play good against those teams. The teams that have a bunch of guys on seven-year contracts that already have their rings, they don't give a damn. Those are the teams we're good against. That we look great. You know, look at Colorado. I, I mean, and then I'll get Colorado. I, I still can't believe won that game. Uh, you know, uh, McCarr and McKinnon missed 30 shots, but we, they they had them all day because they're just going to fool around. They're not going to get in Gino's face. They're not going to get in Sid's face at the blue line. McCarr's going to, McCarr's going to be the fastest. McCarr would rather become and was the fastest person to 200 assists on the blue line. That's what he's doing. He's not worried about closing the gap on Lars Eller. You know, it's like, yeah, and they had a rough start and, uh, and now they kind of gotten back to it. Um, but yeah, the, the avalanche, um, yeah, that's interesting, interesting you bring them up. Cause I honestly, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I didn't think they were playing well at all. And now the past three or four games they're you know, they're, they're climbing again. Nakushkin is on a heater and he is so good. It, it's ridiculous tonight. Today was very eye opening. Because I'm a big Dallas Stars guy. I love the Stars. I love guys on that team. 
and of course I've also loved the, the abs and the abs just absolutely gave him whatever three goalie cushion and just said, okay, well now we're going to wake up and play hockey. I mean, the abs just took it to him yesterday after they spot him three goals. It was a, it was a clinic. And, uh, the, I, I think Dallas needs two more defensemen now. Now that I've watched uh, their, I've watched them play a real team. Uh, I, I think they need two more defensemen. Hmm. They're off to a good start, though, aren't they? I just haven't seen them enough yet. Uh, it's interesting that, that that's what you point out to. I was singing their praises in the offseason, uh, but I've only seen maybe a period and a half of, of live hockey so far. No, well, I mean, oh, they 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 have they have the horses, and Sagan's played well. And um, I, I said last week, Duchesne has fit in nicely down there. It's just when you play a team with all, all of the firepower that Colorado has, and let's face it, you know, it, the the goaltending in Dallas, you know, we, we always give him credit, but uh, sometimes it's not up to snuff. You know, he's 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 got a little he's he's not as consistent as you would want him to be. If he's going to be a Stanley Cup contender, um, you know that's that's just what I think. Um, well, let's get your thoughts on. Um, I want to wait, wait. What are your thoughts on Line A getting scratched? I just think you can't do it. I, I, I think if it's a playoff team and 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 everything's going great and you need more out of a guy, then you should maybe do it. You should scratch a guy who's not quote unquote scratchable, right? I think it can have it can change the team in that situation. When you're a team that's not very good, had a decent start though. Columbus is not playing terrible, but the fans buy tickets for him. There's no other reason to go. Like, like it just doesn't make sense to me when you know you're an organization that still hasn't found your footing in this league after you know 15 years to to bench guys like this. In the last. You know, last time we heard about the uh, benching, I feel like it was Torts over there benching people. It's just not good for the the logo and for hockey, for better players. People come to see to be benched over or completely scratched. Forget about bench is one thing, but just scratching the game, not playing tonight, number twenty nine, Patrick Line. That's just not. I don't think it's a cool thing to do. There's ways to get a message across. Is he off to a bad start? Yeah, him and goals in like nine games. He was he was banged up a little bit. I mean, you know, some of their centers are banged up. I mean, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. in fairness, he has dealt with problems before. Uh, who was there in Winnipeg that he was always arguing with over, you know, video got game time and stuff like that? It was kind of part of um, Line H's thing was that he off the ice, he's like a goofball. He's not a problem. He's just kind of a goof. And uh, that's always been his thing. Like he was playing Fortnite too much was his thing. They started monitoring how much he played his Xbox, which going back to the problems that he used to have on the road in the 70s, that's a good problem. He's on the TV too much. You know what I mean? He's not in a bar room throwing knuckles. So, you know, I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think scratching a guy who your GM, you know, paid seven, eight million dollars a year to come in and play for your team. I just don't think it helps anyone. Not a team that needs goals. Yeah, right. I mean, is he benching the players there that have zero goals instead of line ace two? You know, like it just doesn't make sense. I know you want to make an example and not playing a star player in the power play or in the third period. That's an example. You don't have to scratch him. Scratching him is kind of just like, to me, it's almost a coach trying to, 
it's a little bit of a desperate move. The thing with the thing is, Line is literally one of these guys that he just needs the puck on his stick for a second. So he can do nothing and be lazy for 59 minutes. But in that last minute, if it's a 2 2 game, he might get it. He might score for you. No one else in that team is. Well, and he's the only draw they have, too. Yeah. Or the cannon. Maybe people want to go see here the cannon. I don't know. What did, I mean, you know, it, they don't and they're not even that bad. They're not terrible. I mean, I mean, uh, they're not, they're, they're not terrible. They're, they're terrible, team, but they're not a terrible team. They're terrible. I, 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 I was pissed that we had to spend that much energy in beating them. Uh, they're terrible. I mean, really, they're, they're, a te- they're a terrible team. They really are. And the fact that the fact that line a is, is scratched is just a desperate move from a desperate man. It, it's really, I, I can't even get into it. I, I, I guess I should. It's a podcast. But I mean, like, you're bet, that's the problem. Mm, can, yeah. can, can you scratch the GM? <laughs> well, I think yeah, that's kind of the problem is that they've had this weird amalgamation of players that have never really all stuck together. They had their biggest offseason ever in which they brought in Johnny Goudreau and they re-signed Line A. And it's just, you know, it's just stale. I mean, I mean, they're a floaty team, but again, they they kind of have had a decent start, and that's what I'm saying is that that confuses me. They've had a better start than anyone would have ever pegged them to have. Why scratch Line A? Because he hasn't played great. It just think, does none of it makes sense. I, I think I, I think the rest of the league has just stunk. I think I think more teams have had more off nights where Columbus has won some games. I I, I really mean that. I mean they stink. They're they're really bad. Uh, speaking, uh, I don't know about bad, but uh, not maybe, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but Connor Bedard got rough, was getting roughed up by Lazan the other day in Nashville, and his, the, the team didn't stick up for him. Did you see that? He I didn't like, see that, but I heard about that. Yeah, that's that's weird. It looked that like, nobody... uh, you know, he. It, I mean, Lazan looked like um, Hatcher from the Flyers roughing up Sid. And then Felino was there. I mean, what, what are they doing in Chicago? Why you have yeah, Felino? Felino on that? You know, I don't, I don't know where Felino was on it, but I, I do think that it's a different generation of hockey that we, than that, you know, I think that my age is kind of the cutoff. Like people that are younger, like people in their early thirties or late twenties. And especially the kids now they grow up playing without a tough guy. They grow up without really reacting. They're told not to take the penalty. Let the other team, the culture kind of changed, and it takes like a while to see it. But I think we kind of see it now, and I, and I don't think it's a good thing. I think there will always be fighting in hockey, and there will always be people answering the bell. But I think it's going to become uh, something that teams have to think about more often now because the league has more tough guys than it did 10, 15 years ago. I know that sounds weird, but it is true. There are more guys that are dangerous now than I think there were 10 years ago. I think well, I- So if you're going to have – a guy because they're just so big and strong. I mean, there's no Bob Proberts where, or anybody like that anymore. But they're all just such athletes that if one of these big dudes gets a hold of you, you're really in trouble. But no one really does anything anymore. That's why Ryan Reeves is a big bag of nothing in New York. He means nothing to them. He yells on the bench when something happens because he's not going to play. When he yelled at Brad Marchand, you're not going to play against them. So you have to yell at him. I mean, well, you can't we, literally do anything. Well, we talked about this last week. Uh, Reeves, 
Uh, now he's just been scratched, but zero, zero, zero minus 11. And wow. in the, in the <laughs> Toronto had two instigators uh, before the night he was scratched and one kind of those fights. And we talked about it last week because we had a- Andy Fiore on and he got to see how worthless he was when he was a Ranger. Uh, the, the, the best is, and we talked about this privately, Andy, the night it happened. I just love seeing uh, what, what's his name, the announcer, just go after him. Just like, yeah, you have to inject yourself. If it's going on and your teammates getting roughed up, you say, I'm up next no matter what when you make that kind of money. But Reeves just wants to be a cartoon. He wants to be a wrestler. He should just join WWE. But the reality is <laughs> he can't play against Marshawn. He can't play against that line. He, putting him out versus Marshawn and, 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 and Pasta is just, it's just rude to your fans. There's nothing he can do. They're going to be down the ice before he can grab someone when the puck drops. And, and that's kind of the, the, the point is that you have to be like a Tom Wilson. like you have, Or you have to be a good gutsy four or five or six defenseman who gets his minutes and throws his hits and, and plays like that. Those are the kind of guys in the league now that are tough. Um, the, the fourth line guys that just drag their knuckles around the ice, they literally don't do anything anymore. But why does it? But getting back to, uh, you know, Bedard and Lazan, I'm not saying Felino or Corey Perry or someone, they have to drop the gloves. I'm just saying a little cross check to the back. I'm just saying like, hey. Well, yeah, nobody did anything. (laughs) Nobody did anything. I mean, hell, Jake does more when Sid gets, you know, gets punched, you know, or he wasn't punched. You know what I mean? Roughed up. I mean, there was nothing. And I'm happy Bedard, you know, wouldn't cry about it. But I. I just thought the whole point of getting a bunch of veterans on that team was to protect the kid. I, I'm happy Bedard like didn't need it. You know, Bedard didn't care. He, he scored two goals a game. I, I was just shocked that nobody thought, hey, maybe I should step in. Like, you know. Now, he, yeah, he, 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 he stepped in for somebody recently, too, didn't he? There, there was an incident where who it was somebody huge. I can't remember who. But a big player was in the corner, and they laid a pretty big hit on Chicago. And he went over there and shoved him after the whistle. I just remember it because it made the highlights. I wasn't watching the game or anything. But it was, it was about a week ago. So, yeah, especially because, but like I said, it's just a weird culture. It's just a little different. And I think even guys like Corey Perry are like, well, yeah, Rook, that's the way it goes. Once he's Corey Perry's age, he won't be taking bumps like that and having and, nobody notice. You know? God bless Corey Perry. He's still living in the blue paint. <laughs> So and he's great. playing ridiculous. He's playing great. He's playing like 20 minutes a night. He's in the blue paint the whole time. He's scoring goals. He's Corey Perry. And you know, and I the Bolts made a nice comeback yesterday. Uh they 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 were they they scored like six six goals in the third period, but they've been on the hot seat and not playing well. And that fourth they we talked about this last week. Their fourth line has done nothing, but they, you know, they got rid of Perry and and um you know uh Maroon, but Perry's still uh playing great. But now the Florida Panthers have hung in there. Oliver Ekman Larson, he, I, I, he actually scored a game-winning goal the other night. He was on witness protection last year. And now they got Ekblad and Montour back. I thought they'd be down this year. It looks like the Panthers are going to be right there again. Good, they're, good for they them. Are, they're, they're doing well. They're in second place, and they've been playing well. And Bennett's been banged up. Reinhardt's been carrying the load. Reinhardt is really on fire. Yeah. Barkoff got cheap shotted last night and and on the pond, or maybe it was today. He might be out. I tell you, Barkoff really is uh he really gets cheap shotted a lot. Barkoff. Man, he's he he gets he has a lot of bad luck or whatever it is. He seems to get a lot of cheap stuff done to him. 
I, you know, I, I think that Barkov is just silently one of the best players in the game. And I think that that's, <laughs> that happens in the game too. People are like, well, we gotta, we gotta piss this guy off. If it, you know, if he's on his game, it's going to be a problem. So I think that sometimes you forget how good Barkov is when you don't watch the Panthers. And you mentioned Joe, that they surprised you. I had Florida and Boston as like being, you know, sort of outside looking in ish bubble like teams. Uh, and they both pr- just proved me to be stupid again um, over the past 18 months. Those two teams keep doing that. They've been great. I mean, Boston, especially, I just, it's almost like a winning culture there now, you know, and obviously they have some issues going on in the locker room, but to a certain, they, they just, no matter what happens, they win, no matter who plays, they play well, that team, I feel like ever since Montgomery has gotten there, it's just been great. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've just carried on, you know, Zaka has stepped in for Bergeron and uh, Charlie Coyle has stepped in for Krejci and it's like the beat goes on. But who just stomachs losing Hall of Famers like that? Chara left three or four years ago. I mean, Chara was, you know, almost half a decade ago that their captain, the guy that kind of was the icon of the team was gone. And and then it's okay. They kept moving forward, kept competing, kept staying in the playoffs, kept winning President's Trophies. And now Patrice Bergeron, one of the best two-way players ever, gone. That's fine. It's just an amazing hockey culture they have there. And I got to give it up to Montgomery and Sweeney because it's just everything they do goes right. And I think a lot of people thought they were going to fall off this year a bit. Oh, for sure. You know, they're, you know, and, uh, you know, it does come down to they do have two excellent goaltenders. That really is a big part of it. <laughs> you know, and they have a really, they have a good solid four or five defensemen. And that takes away a lot of problems. And then you, up top, you got, you got elite scoring in the pasta man and the rat is a great leader. You know, they, yep. they kind of, they kind of have all that you need, but no one would think whatever they'd be 12 and two, whatever they are, something ridiculous. They were 11 yeah. and one a couple of days ago. So yeah, yeah 12 and two it, sounds right. I think 12 and one then, right. They haven't lost. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is ridiculous, but I don't know what's going to happen with Luch now. So yeah, it's yeah, kind of a bummer sport. That was a weird what they the what did they call it uh some kind of isolated incident or what was kind of a it was the domestic incident so I don't that's, that uh, never sounds good and it isn't good I'm not you know I love Luch but I I don't I don't condone that so but but he's innocent until proven guilty so we'll see what happens who knows what it is you know I, I have no and idea and I will say. Montgomery came out with a strong statement saying we support the Lucci's family. So look at, you know, whatever, however it plays out, it plays out. But I, you know, I think that um, it's one of those things where you can't predict how it goes, but I don't think Montgomery would come out and, and say what he said without there being some level. Maybe I'm just being hopeful of this being, you know, something that will be less ugly when the dust clears. Well, this is, uh, he was, he, he was not arrested. Was he arrested? That wasn't clear. Was, there was a domestic incident, so I don't think, you know, was it a domestic sure incident or was it some kind of a? I mean, he didn't get into some kind of scrape at a bar or something, it, did he? Or what? We don't it know. Said, what it, it was totally. It was domestic. What it was. Now I don't know oh. if it was, he was in public with someone in his family or or what, but it was totally yeah. domestic. And let's face it, if it was just in a bar, he would have played last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I think if he got arrested, they would have said that too. So it's a good point, Frage, but maybe that's being we don't know. 
Yeah, maybe to be investigated. We really don't know. It's early. I don't know. Yeah, bummer story because he's only played four games since he's been back. Yeah, wow. he looked good in four of them though. Uh, yeah. Speaking of arrested, what uh, since you weren't here last week, what are your thoughts on the uh, Matt Petgrave? You know, we talked about this uh, before. I, when I first saw it, I saw it quickly. I didn't want to watch it again, and I thought, man, that's weird how he went so high in the air. You know, I was like, that's crazy. How could that happen? Like once in a million play. And then like seven days went by and I heard that that guy had been accused of doing that before. They and there's no before. way. I saw that video too. And mm. There's just no way your, your leg gets up that high twice in your career. And I'm not even like exaggerating. Like they just don't go that high. Watch hockey games. How high do legs go when people get hit? How high do you, does your leg go? It doesn't go neck high. Yeah. It just doesn't. Maybe if you're Marty St. Louis, things are coming at your neck. But for most players, your neck is not when you're standing up. When you're on the ground, sure. When you're a goalie, sure. When you're standing up, your neck is not going to get hit by a skate blade. There's two, things, there's two things I know a lot about. Falling on the ice and karate. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> That's right. I've fallen a ton. My legs have never gone up like that. <laughs> And I I know what it's like, and I know what a karate kick is, and that's exactly that. We talked about a lot last week. I just wanted your thoughts on uh, since we, you know, we didn't have. It seems appropriate. I still cannot believe it, and I don't want to. I don't. I'm not an investigator, and I'm not on the on the jury trial, so I'm not going to watch it like it's a recruiter film. But I, I just can't. I still can't believe somebody be that stupid. What was he thinking? What's the good thing that happens? Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, two other things we talked about last week. I'm gonna hear your real quick opinion. Uh, one is I hate Carolina wearing the Hartford uh, outfits again. It's like enough. We know we we know you you stole their team. You have to rub it in their face. That's my thought. And I hate the Cooperalls because it reminds me of the Flyers. So your thoughts on the uh, Hartford? Yeah, the Cooperalls are ugly. Uh, I don't know what the point is with that. Um, I always say it like this. I mean, how would we feel? if the Kansas city scouts were a team and then every once in a while on like Friday nights, they wore, you know, the classic skating penguin in yeah, Kansas city. I mean, BS. I can It'd be see, terrible. I can see once every 10 years, but they use it as like a marketing ploy. Well, everyone loves that logo that got out of the bag. They own the rights to the logo. So they're going to run with it. And, um, you know, it, it, I, look, I'm part of it. I buy that logo all the time. The Whalers are one of the only other logos in sports I'll wear besides the Penguins. So I'm yeah, part it's, of that cool, it's a cool logo, yeah. Yeah, and I'm paying the Hurricanes when I buy a Whalers shirt. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. A cheap owner. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many There's so many franchises now I really don't like. And then real quickly, uh, you're going to be at the game when Yarmir Yager's number 68 goes up to the Raptors. Your quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's the... the the most crazy out to do thing in Pittsburgh sports. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's time to put it up. I really hope the big guys there. I hope that he patches it up with Fenway so he can be there when, when 68 goes up. I know he hasn't been in the building much. I don't have great information on how that fight is going, but I, it would be rough. It'll stink being there. My only, my first thought was it'll stink being there. It'll take away from it a little bit. If the big guy isn't there. Well, I think the big guy's going to be there because he wouldn't do that to Yager one. Yeah, right. Yeah. B, 
it would be it would it would not only be an, bad to Yager, it would also the story wouldn't be Yager. It would be Lemieux wasn't there. Yeah. 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 I, I, and here's here's part of why I love Mario is he's so mysterious and, and he's sort of an odd guy. He's 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 really like a mad scientist. Uh, uh, type, uh, like he only talks to Madden once every like four years, right? And Rossi maybe one. Like he doesn't really talk to the press. And I feel like he's the type of guy who might have Yags over and 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 crack a you know thirty thousand dollar bottle of wine and be like, "Look, I love you, but here's why I'm not going." I think that's possible. I think, uh, I think Mister Acklin is uh, smart enough. To patch this up, I think he's going to have to. He has to get the two sides together. They they can't not have Mario there. He's got to be that, whatever that check is. Whatever whatever needs yeah. to be done has to be done. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the first thing I thought about. Like you said, I don't want to make it about Mario because it is about Yags. But but first thing I thought about was, man, I hope Mario's whatever's going on is okay by then, or uh, or he puts it aside. I don't know. One or the other. I'm just stoked at how excited like Sid and Gino and Tanger are, you know, like everyone, everyone loves, they love Yager as much. It's great. They hate Philly as much as I do. And they love Yager as much as I do. They're perfect. <laughs> perfect. For me to uh-huh. for. And speaking, we have to talk about the cream sickles. They're doing me a favor. They're never going to get a good draft pick. They're right in the mix. They probably, I think they have more points than the penguins do right now, which I couldn't which, believe that when I saw that. Yeah, they do have more points. You know, They've God bless, God bless Tortorella. He's keeping them away from a high draft pick. <laughs> they're in second place. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're playing good hockey. I, I mean, I I know that me loving Torts it's getting harder and harder as he keeps coaching teams I don't like. But you know, he does take a team that's not supposed to make the playoffs and he'll make them make the playoffs, or a team that's supposed to be a basement dweller and he'll make them a bubble team, or a team that's not supposed to make the cup he'll get them to the cup finals. But for what that reason you just said, Joe, he's the worst coach for them possible. They have everyone grab their bootstraps and work as hard as they can just to pick seventh or eighth every year is not going to be good. Like you're never going to get a lotto ball shot. You're never really going to rebuild. You're always going to kind of be tinkering and piecing together because you're trying to win when you're not ready to win because you shouldn't hire a guy like John Tortorella before you're ready to win. If you don't have the pieces for him, he's going to drive everybody crazy. He's going to drive the town crazy and your team's going to be good. So you can't fire him. So he's going to drive the town crazy <laughs> and the and the players crazy for a long cycle here. And the whole time they'll be decent. Do you think they can hold on to second place or do you think they'll they'll drop at some point? I don't think there's any way they hold on to it. I, do I think that they could maybe contend for an eighth seed now if Carter Hart stays healthy and all this stuff? No. Probably not. They're still probably looking out with with how good Ottawa and Detroit have been. By the way, Frage in Sweden that game was amazing. It didn't end great, uh, but you know the, the comeback and all that stuff with those teams being so good in the Atlantic and Boston and Florida still piling wins. I don't see how they jump the Rangers, Canes, and Devils. I just don't think over eighty two games they will. But they've been pretty good. I, I you know I've watched them here and there. And again, I'm a big Carter Hart guy. I believe in him. Um, but I don't think no way they hold pace in second place. No, okay. your buddy, Jimmy VC looking for the Rangers <laughs> last night. Uh, I was, uh, I was slurping Panarin with, uh, with, uh, Fiori last week and Panarin still on fire. 
I didn't jinx him at all. I the bread man is so good. The bread man is so good. It's and good. He, Igor came back. Igor played very well last night against the Devils. That was a fun game. Fun game. Oh, my, the hits were great. Yeah. I, I mean, Truba is just if the Penguins could pluck one player from a roster and have him, I think I might take Jacob Truba. He, he's just such a punishing guy, such a team guy, and the hits are so clean. I, I mean, yeah, he he's a good hitter. Full shoulder. Yeah. He's the best hitter in this new, in the new clean hitting era of hockey. The new, yeah, that's true. That's right, Andy. After Scott Stevens, <laughs> we're not going to get yeah. that. After well. that era, I think he's the best guy to, to do it right now. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I got, you know, I root. I mean, I never want the Flyers to win anything, ever, any game. They could go zero and eighty two, but then they'd get a good pick, so I wouldn't want that. But I, I, I just, you know, I don't see them maintaining this through ending up higher. I'm, I, I know Carolina beat us yesterday, but I'm, I'm not. There's something missing in Carolina this year. I don't quite know what. It I is. agree on that. Yeah, it's hard to. Yeah. Figure out what it is, but you know, yeah. because they, they they look good against us, but you know, I I'm not the the defense is still the defense, and in in and Ron, I guess well Anderson's on, on the shelf. Maybe they need a. I know Ronta played pretty good. Their forwards, though, after that stall line, Aho is so flashy and so Svechnikov. They're so flashy, but they don't dominate. Uh, they, they get that they, they the games I've watched them play. They've had like three good shifts the whole game. I think it's Svechnikov, where is in Nacious, but Stahl's line controls the controls the game. But the other guys don't seem to really do much except for their flat like little flashes, which maybe that's all you need. But I it seemed like last year they just were a more dominant forward group. Unless, unless I'm wrong. No, I think you're right, and I think that something you've always pointed out that's, I think, still true is they're just missing a guy that scores a lot in that top six. Like, they have two or three, and and Nekis can't really ever be consistent enough to really throw him in that group with Ajo and Svech, but they they just need another guy that pops in goals down there in Carolina. They play great team defense. I think their defensive core is amazing. I, I love the way Shea, Brady Shea plays. I think he's so underrated. But I think overall they need another player up front to score goals. Yeah, you know, because their defense is crazy good. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, they have they have Slavin out there with Burns, and they come back with Shea. Orloff's on the third pair. You know, it really, it's a, it's a minefield. It's a minefield to go through. Uh, the one guy that is consistent in the league, and now he's like, like a 15-game point streak, and he absolutely dominated in Sweden, is uh, Prince William Nylander. Wow. What a what a season he's having. Just, I mean, open up the cash register for this guy. <laughs> yeah. Could this be a bigger problem for Toronto or what? Because, I mean, now at this point, you have to trade him or Marner at the deadline, I think. Right? How do you because trade him? He's too good right now. Well, I, you, I said last you, week. I would trade Marner. I, I I would trade Marner to Nashville. For I guess you're not going to get, you're not going to get their captain. But I for McDonough and a piece. Here's part of the problem, though, is that different GMs, or I guess the same GM in this case, gave them all 
at least limited no trade clauses. So they all have at least a list that they can or can't go to. It's going to be tough to to get the trade you want. They're probably not going to get a great return either. So if you trade Nylander in one of his best years ever, he's on pace to have the most points in the history of the Maple Leafs. He's he's on, he's on, he's 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 going to have more points than Gilmore had one year. If he stays on pace. No, if they do that and they trade him, that's crazy. No, I no, I'm saying you trade Marner. I I agree, but I think it's going to be so tough to get your worth back on that trade. No matter who you give up either guy, and you're not going to trade Matthews, and you basically can't trade Tavares. You've cornered yourself with that. Well, contract t- well Tavares too. comes off the Tavares comes off the books next year. Uh, is one more year of Tavares. I, I think you can. I think Marner. I don't know. I you, you know. You think Marner brings you a good uh, defenseman? I think Marner brings you McDonough. You talk about a team that needs a reboot, a team that needs some offense, a team that needs some juice. You don't think Marner would be the biggest hit? Since Johnny Cash down in Nashville, it get it and it gives Marner a, a nice market. It gives Marner a parachute, a you know, like you know. I mean, Nat, because now people love Willie more than him now, and that's his hometown. He's always been kind of maligned a little bit in his hometown, a little bit, yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I would, I think that Willie is beloved now in Toronto, and I think Willie's a better player. Than Marner, Whoa. not not defensively. Marner's an excellent back. Marner's an excellent hockey player. But if you're asking me who I'd want, because now Marner's contract's coming up, you want to pay Marner more money? I wouldn't. I've got a good call for to trade him. Yeah, but you got to get. I, I mean, you, you got to get you somebody. Got to get a defenseman. See, to me, and I think we said I said this last week, but we not as in depth. Maybe Marner. And Marner, uh, Riley uh, is a top pair. He's not Seattle slough. He's not secretariat. Now you're not going to get Yossi, but you get Riley with McDonough. Then maybe you got something. Who knows? Maybe you can price Seth Jones away from Chicago with Marner. Marner and uh, Bedard. Wow. Yeah. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? But I just think that no matter what, and and again, maybe this is what Toronto's just destined to be like. It's going to be not a great return because because I just I just don't think if you trade one of those guys, the whole league is going to know your backs against it. They already know it now, so they're going to yeah, know, they know. That you're going to have to. So whoever, whoever everybody knows, yeah, whoever they call is going to know right away. Oh, great, we can. Act, they they're already focusing on us, which means that somebody moved their no trade movement for it to come here. So uh, they basically have to trade with us. Well, in the history of hockey. Nobody's ever won the trade that didn't get the best player in the trade. That's just a given. Other than possibly the, uh, the, yeah, the Quebec Nordique slash <laughs> avalanche. That's because nobody knew Forsberg was going to be Forsberg. You know, yeah. and it's still, deb- I mean, you know, it's still kind of debatable. I mean, you know, if Bobby Clark wasn't a dunce, you know, and they would have kept Lindros, you don't know, but thank God they didn't. You know, but well, you yeah. Know. If that 1997 series goes differently, or 98, 98, then yeah. I mean, you know, if Lindros gets a cup, <laughs> then it's arguable that it was a good move for Philly to trade it to trade everybody and get him. So or I they mean, didn't run him out of town when he had concussion problems. You know, but, but, but anyway, no matter who who's been traded, nobody's ever Gretzky Edmonton didn't win the trade. They got forty guys back. 
Yager, no one, they didn't win. No one's ever won the trade when they gave up the better player. And and I'm not comparing Martin to any of those guys, but but at some point they have to get better defensemen. But they I'm do. not even saying no. win the trade. Be happy with the trade. If they bring back two p- players in their late 30s and they give away a guy who's who's younger, I just don't see that. I, I don't know. It's a terrible problem. I'm not saying that. I have no idea what they should do. What they should do is sit down John Tavares and say, how much money do we have to like give you under the table to get you to just go to Florida or something? Because because I'm not nothing against John Tavares, but that's the problem. It, yeah, Tavares has played. Left, Tavares has played oh, no, really good this well. year. And Tavares, good this year. Yeah, the, the Tavares Bertuzzi Bertuzzi woke up in Sweden. I don't know what happened. He got his blood trans. He got the Keith Richards blood blood transfusion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, seriously, Bertuzzi looked good in Sweden. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Tavares has played. I mean, is he worth twelve million? No, but Tavares has played pretty good. And this is not even a knock on Marner. The it, the problem is is they need defensemen. And I've said I said this five years ago. And it's I'm, been the everyone, problem. Everyone who subscribed, download, leave a review for this freaking podcast knows I said Barner for Dowdy five years ago. You the did. problem is the problem is not, and that's when Dowdy was younger. The problem is yeah. not Mitch Marner. The problem is nobody. The problem is they got one and a half quality defensemen on that team that's trying to win the first Stanley Cup in Canada in 30 years and in Toronto, you know, since the Detroit Lions were good. You know, hey, wait a minute. Now we're <laughs> you know? rolling, Joe. Yeah, I know. Eight and two, baby. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, it, and what's even funnier about all this is they're going to let Brad Treliving, whoever, is it a proven fact that Brad Tree Living is a good GM? Because Calgary is a freaking mess. But let's yeah, move on. Yeah. 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 Everyone, but everyone in Toronto, oh, they, they can't wait to you know to 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 to, to crap on our guy. But what is what is Brad for living ever done? Well, Toronto was this close to having our guy back. You know, let's, let's get on it. And, and, and so, like they they didn't get him back, so now they're like, oh, well, we don't, you know. But I really think like it's just math. You're spending forty million dollars on four players, a roster right. of twenty three players, right? That's right. You're you're spending half of the, of that on four. If they spend fifty on five, it's over. I I, I don't care how good Nylander is. I don't care how good T- Tavares plays next year. It's done. Do they really need to have happen? Is have somebody have a magic injury this summer, where they can do something and sign Willie and keep him under the cap now? That would be so obvious that half the NHL would lose their head over it, but that's possible. It's a better option to me than just trading them away. But, 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 but well, I, I'm not going to knock. I'm not going to knock. I I thought the Bertuzzi deal was a good deal. Five five, a little, little little big, but I thought it was good, and I still do. He played good this weekend, and Domi's Domi. He'll show up when it matters. You know, he's having a good time. I'm sure in Toronto. That money they spend on Reeves. They could have went out and they got, could have got Carson Sosi, and they could have got they could have done what Ronnie Francis did, and got Dumoulin, and it'd be mm. much better. I know Dumoulin is old and decrepit, sorry Dumo, but it'd be much better off than where they are right now. Well, they need. No, I, I agree. I think while. that for, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're you talk about and and I'm gonna we'll move off this Toronto page, but I want to ask you guys a question, and maybe I should have 
prepped for this because there's somebody out there probably, but who do you think they should get if they trade? That's a, I can only think of like they're, they're not going to get Yossi, but that would be the equivalent of the the star power of trading Marner. But who would they, who could they even get for Marner that would be worth it? That could put them over the top. I always said, Daddy, he's not going anywhere. Who could they get? That's why I don't like. There's a well, they call on anymore. I think your call on McDonough is a good one. That would be a good trade. It, it would be you good, but the they need more for for Marner. You know, I mean, there's you know, it's hard. It's almost like they're not going to get Montour. You know, no. in the same division. You know, but like, who are they going to get? They're not going to get Cider on Daryl Nurse turning it around. Because I mean, I think Marner in in Edmonton would be something that would get everybody a little excited. And Nurse makes like what? Like I think he makes like eight million dollars, seven, eight million dollars. Makes like, like nine one or nine. Oh, he makes nine one. Oh, he, he's in the nines, so it makes it even worse. But <laughs> never mind. I thought he was in the high sevens. But he's but, out but, if, too. but if they I don't get know. Nurse, what they, what what's Ed, Edmonton has no defense. I mean. I tell you, what, maybe, may, maybe they get Warinsky for Martin. Mm, well, maybe, yeah. Nurse has taken a little heat this year too. Yeah, he hasn't been good. I don't think that. I don't think he'll be there past the deadline. I think that um, Edmonton. Really, getting, I think Ken Holland has got to make some big moves to save his job, and I think he will, or at least he'll try to. And maybe the big moves won't go well. Well, he, he, he no he's way. already retired after this year, though. They're saying he's not making any moves because they're not letting really? him because they're uh, saying, know that. yeah, well, but yeah, he's his contract is up and he's officially kind of done. So that's why Jesus is like old agent is the GM and his old coach is the coach. Yeah. McDavid's running the show now. But getting rid of the nurse is not going to help the Edmonton Oilers. I but I don't. He hasn't been good there. He hasn't. But I mean, they. I mean, what are they going to? Evan Bouchard is going to play forty-five minutes a game. I mean, they have nobody. Well, they they have to figure it out big time. They have to start over or rebuild or, or in a mini rebuild around McDavid, whatever it is. Because besides Drysaitel and McDavid, there's some. I'm not totally dogging everybody who's there. There's some okay pieces. I like Bouchard. I like Hyman, but. Main Overall, that team, they're the third worst team in the league right now. McDavid's on pace for 76 points, and he's probably hurt, too. So well, Edmonton's got a lot to deal with. I said this last week. I hate to repeat this again, but uh, Mr. Mad made a great point about, about Edmonton. That, you know, as much as I love Leon, everyone loves Leon. He never, he's only really great on the power play and when he's, they double him up. He's never really had his own line. You know, you got to two superstars. You need to have two lines. I mean, Sid Gino, you know, it. the list goes. I mean, you know, the names are, uh, you know, on the cup. The, the teams that have two. If you have a hall, if you have, if you're in the Hall of Fame, you should be able to have your own line. And is, is the reason that McJesus is down a little because he's injured? It seems that way. I mean, statistically, uh, he's never been. This is this is the worst season he's had, and again, I don't want to go after him because he's still playing like a point per game player. Like he's not bad by any stretch of the word, bad, but um, he just isn't himself. I, I mean, he's not a guy that's creating a bunch of chances. When you watch the games, like he doesn't stick out like he was before. And yeah, I mean, he dealt with an injury earlier this season. I just think that that's got to probably be it. I don't think there's no way he like lost a step in the summer. Yeah, like, you wouldn't think months. so. Yeah, yeah, and, he's, and he doesn't play hockey as well now. 
I think yeah. he's a, I think he's a little dinged up, and I think that not the pressure is getting to him. I just think there's so much on his shoulders. I don't think it's like mentally. I don't think he's feeling the pressure. I just think that he has to do it even more than ever. You know, you know like yeah. even, la- even last year, it's kind of like, oh, we're having fun. We're going for it. Now it's like almost like Stanley Cup or bust. And he may be squeezing the stick a little bit. You know, I mean, hey, Sid has gone through those moments. Ovi's gone through those moments. It happens. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure. On one guy, yeah, and, and, and the the things that the thing that Sid and, and Gino did young enough, uh, and Mario did relatively young enough too, was win. And once you do that, even once, uh, the pressure goes off. And so I, I think it was Rob Rossi had that tweet about Eisman winning in Detroit, Sid and Mario winning in Pittsburgh. It's really big for McDavid for his legacy to get it done there too. And like if it ends up somewhere else, it's kind of a you know, as for a guy like him, I think he would take it as kind of a ding to his legacy. It's big for it to turn around there. And because if he does this, you know, a heel turn and leave Edmonton, which no one could blame him for doing, by the way. But if he does that and he ends up in like Dallas, he'll be the most hated guy in Canada besides the Olympics. He'll be the most hated guy in Canada other than that. Uh, you know, well, I mean, would if he pulled a Ray Bork. Would you blame? I mean, anyone? Would you blame him? I I wouldn't blame him, but I I think that the Edmonton markets and um, especially if he went to an American team, the Canada in general would kind of be like, you know, come on, what are you doing? I I can I I'm I'm not Canadian, obviously, and it's not my I don't have a horse in the in the I have a horse, but I can't blame him after ten years of utter mis. I mean, only Ron Hextall could have made this team worse in the last 10 years. I mean, <laughs> there was a meme of like the 10 mistakes that Edmonton GMs have made in the McDavid era. It's pretty extensive. All the bad trades and bad signings. I couldn't blame him for leaving. I couldn't either. And I think that, you know, if it keeps going this way, he will. So whether it's Holland or, uh, you're right. I, I, isn't he a director of player personnel, McDavid's old, whatever it is, one of his old coaches. It's like two of his old coaches now running the show, I guess. So yes, we'll see. I mean, I don't know how they could have made the organization more about him, but and how that's going to necessarily help. He needs players, not coaches. He knows. You know what he needs? He needs a freaking goaltender. Never had one. I'll give him Jari. <laughs> he does need a goaltender, yeah. I mean, that's literally would solve most of that would solve most of their problems. Because that's the funny thing, and I said this. I'm saying this again last week. All the all the Edmonton needed this most of the games this year was mediocre goaltending. They didn't even get that. You know. Well, they yeah, always they take home. You know, the girl at the bar that nobody wanted to take home. At the yeah, every every year they they bring in a goalie. Remember when they, they signed Jack Campbell? No one thought that was good, and now Jack Campbell is playing terrible in the AHL. He's not a good goalie in the AHL. He's putting he's he has like a four point one zero in the AHL. For talking about bad moves by GM, and before that, Mike Smith was the answer. No, I've never like been a Mike Smith fan. Him. 
They don't just get failed. them started I, on I Mike liked Mike Smith, Smith 20 years ago. <laughs> I did too back then, yeah. Yeah, I've never been a big Mike Smith guy. They got what they they got what they deserve. Well, you know, honestly, they lost out on Markstrom, but he's uh, you know, but then they abused him, and he's never been the same either. They have a terrible track record with every goalie. Goals, every goalie yeah. they touch, they ruin. <laughs> yeah, that it'll be it. It'll be a big. Uh, whenever they pick the uh, you know the other the, the carcass of the, of Nashville, uh, if that happens, or we talked a little bit last week. The carcass of the New York Islanders will be an interesting, interesting carcass to pick come trade deadline because uh, maybe Verlamov gets to go somewhere. Verlamov and Edmonton would make a huge difference. Casey Sezikis. Yes, Casey Sezikis would make a huge difference. It's a shame that Sorokin doesn't have a better team around him. Because he could maybe be the best goalie in the league. Sorokin is good. Yeah, he's really good. But uh, the Islanders have just hit the pause button on moving forward, on getting younger, on getting better, on getting faster, yeah. on getting more scoring. For the past, what, four years? How many moves have they made? Five? Very, very few. They brought in Bo Horvath. That's about it. Well, I, yeah. hey, Bo, Bo scored back in Vancouver. They gave him a nice ovation. <laughs> I I used this joke last week. I said, uh, I said Lou, Lou borrowed uh, Rob Blake's beach house the last few years. <laughs> just enjoyed you know, himself you know i mean they just got old and they all they did was sign mediocre players to longer contracts but uh i i think that carcass whoever takes whoever if they still let lou make decisions come april or, or may or march i mean uh i think there'll be a lot of guys that are very attractive to playoff contenders i still want matt martin i want matt martin Matt Martin's been a healthy scratch a couple of times. Now I guess he's they're saying he's dealing with something. I don't know. But uh, you know, I just, just like a guy him. like Brock Nelson. Gotta help somebody. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, they, they were healthy. The, the captain, they were gonna throw in the fourth line. I mean, there's a lot of dissension, not even dissension, just a lot of head scratching. Look at Pollock Pellick. I mean, I'll take Scott Mayfield any day. They did, but they gave Mayfield a seven-year contract. I mean, I mean, Lula Amarillo turned into Brad Tree living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, you know the old guard of GMs. It's time to take their keys away. Like, like look at the uh, uh, like one of the best GMs ever, Craig Patrick. What does he do now? He's a scout because he's like, I want to chill out. I was one of the best GMs ever. And now I just want to be a scout. I want to be a dude who smokes cigars and flies around watching, you know, hockey games and just hanging out. And I think that some of these guys that hang on to the GM role forever and don't accept the fact that maybe they, they want to fish every once in a while or, and maybe they don't want to be obsessed with, you know, running a team all the time. They just hold on to the reins way too long. And again, all respect to Lou. I'll never win that many Stanley Cups, but, you know. It just seems like it's been over for years now because he's not even in on anything. They're not doing anything. Not, not anything, yeah. And they say they're in on these guys, but they're never going to get them. Every, every every big scorer, scoring winger, they say they're in on. They never are. That's because the Rangers are in on, on everybody, and they just want to say they are too. Oh, we want them too because our rival likes them. They've always played that game. And no matter from Millbury on up, through Garth Snow, no matter who the GM was over there, 
they were trying to play the game of, well, we like him too. Well, he's not going there. We know he's not going to go there. You know, can't, you know, uh, Panarin wasn't going to sign long-term with the Islanders if he had gone there. That's always been a problem with the Island. And it felt like they were turning that around. Only two or three years ago, it felt like it was all turning around. And now it's unwound. Yeah, and it's it's just, they just got old. The league literally, i.e. the Rangers and the Devils and the Hurricanes, all passed them by. That's literally what happened. Yeah, They, they yeah. literally did. You know, uh, here, uh, two more times before we get to the awards I want to get to uh, because they're kind of new. And I just want to see what you guys think. Uh, they talked at the GM's meeting. Uh, I didn't understand this. Some people were talking about bringing the red line back. Two line pass. Yeah. What purpose does that serve? They want less people interested in hockey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a bad move. I mean, what what's the pro, what's the pros of that? Oh, when someone said they would, you know, they they would it it, it, it they could even actually Sid was saying like, yeah, you know, today you know a lot of just hope passes and just you know throw the puck up ice and go get it. It's like, yeah, that's what makes hockey fun. Yeah, I I don't understand. I mean, they, they took the rule away because they wanted more scoring and more chances through the middle. Right. And don't they still want that? <laughs> like, what is the advantage taking it away? Like, I have heard people say that, you know, it would it would cut down on blindside hits. Guys don't get hit in open ice that often. Truba throws six hits a year. Right. Like, I don't think it's that dangerous of a play. And I don't think it makes the game higher scoring. So if it's not that dangerous of a play and it doesn't make the game higher scoring, why? Why would we mess with it? Yeah, well, it I takes think a lot of it takes the speed out of the game too a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought the safety aspect of the two line of I mean, they they took out the, the the red line to get rid of the trap. You know, I thought that was the main reason to get rid of it. and it made the game faster. And then what? So they then they took away the touch up ice or the no touch. I don't even want to say they made icing what it is today. And so now there's none of those collisions that they everyone was like, oh well, that they took away the red line, so people are going in 100 miles an hour and cleaning defensemen on icings. They, so they took that away. So I I have no idea, and I was hoping Andy, you were going to help me try to figure out why you know, anyone would want to bring the red line back because I can't even remember. I honestly can't even really remember. I just. I I, rem I remember it, but I don't really remember it. If that makes unless sense. you have unless you have Stan Makita, what's the point? <laughs> you know, well, yeah. I mean, I just remember it being a stupid rule because I remember playing youth hockey as a kid, and we didn't have the rule. It was just an NHL rule, so that gives you an idea of like, I'm not even sure why that was a rule. It doesn't make the game more fun. It, it's 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 a strategy now game more for defenseman when he fires the puck up, uh, but. Other than making life harder on defensemen for an outlet pass, I don't know what it does. Yeah, it's it, 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 it does more, do that. Yeah, yeah, it's more board work for the bank off the board. I mean, I, it, all I can just see was when the red line mattered was like Lemieux bouncing the, <laughs> banging the banging it off off the boards to Stevens, and then he like quick 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 ups it, you know, because you have to like touch it in the zone where it's a two line pass. It's like that. Well, that's what's crazy is that for basically all of Mario's career. The two line pass was there. That's what I mean. 
That, yeah. So that's all I can envision is that play. I can see well, it right now. Or is, and that, that's why I mentioned Stan Makita. Those guys, old guys who could, who could use that real short pass, I guess they were the ones who were able to capitalize on that. It did bring more strategy and more skill to the new Trice. And that's yeah. what Sid is saying. Yeah, there was just no, you know, hopers and throwing the putt, you know, I mean, just, just the stretch pass. But, you know, that's what hockey is the last 20 years. That's what makes it exciting. It's a fast break game now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of old school, uh, I saw a video Staggy actually sent me where they had a, a where they used to only be one penalty box. And then like in 1962, uh, the, the, uh, Maple Leafs and the Canadians just fought in the penalty box. And then like in Toronto, they're like the Maple Leaf Gardens. Then they build another separate penalty box. They separate the teams. And then Montreal did the same thing like two weeks later. And then every the next summer, everyone had a, every arena had a different two teams that had separate penalty boxes. But isn't that crazy? Like in the early 60s, they each had the same penalty box. It just seems weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't um, – I, it's funny because, like, today it's so hard to imagine. But I think back then it was just, you know, there it was such a small league. There were six teams. They had to all know each other. There was, like, a level of, you know, I don't want to beat up Frank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, on the ice, maybe. But when we're in the box, I mean, they literally had to all kind of be friends. They, they It was a group of, like, 100 guys that played each other 20 times a year. Yeah. No, it's it was just an, an interesting thing, and the other thing they're talking about the GM meeting is somehow making overtime more exciting or taking away the regroup, which they do on that three on three pro league where you're not allowed to regroup. There's a shot clock or something. You can't. It, there's an in and out like uh, offsides, like in basketball. Um, I don't know. I like the overtime the way it is now. Is there any? I mean, I don't. You can tweak it more. But I, I I don't know what you know if you want to just do away with overtime and make ties I don't know I almost like to just see no loser points and see what that does. Yeah, the, the the thing with the loser point was when they took away the tie, a lot the GMs in the league at that point their big point was a team can't go through a regulation game tied with another team and then come out with it with no points if it if it goes all the way through regulation in their lock there has to be some award for going through regulation you know at that so i don't think they're ever gonna take that away but again every no one likes the loser point but they put it in to make the playoffs a little bit crazier to make the divisions a little bit tighter and it has done that i mean it it always the past 10 years have gone down to the the last week with almost everything well then phrase what would you do is saying you don't like overtime the way to, or would you want to change overtime or, or end the regroup or make it more um you know more offensive if you will i 70 percent of the game still end in overtime and don't go to shoot up but what would you do to change overtime to make it 100 out of 100 there's no more shootouts i kind of like it like it is now I, I would say you can't change on the fly make that rule can't change on the fly and so there's got to be a whistle. Someone's going to get tired. There's going to be a goal. And then if it goes through the five minutes, because I hate the shootout. I just hate it. If it goes through five minutes, you can't change at all. Put out your three best players within a minute and a half. 
there's going to be a goal most nights within three minutes guaranteed. Someone's going to get gassed. They're already tired. They've been out all game. Now you say you got to play for three minutes straight. Someone's going to score a goal. I like the no changing on the fly. That's a great point, Andy. That's a great point. I the the other the the best one. That's the best that I've heard so far. The other one I really liked was someone came up with the, um, you're only allowed to hit the ice once. You can stay out there the whole ten minutes or whatever long it is, but you can't. What once you've played, that's it. Like baseball rules. Once you're off, yeah. that's it. So you're oh, done after I like that. You're done after your shift. Yeah. So I mean, Gino will stay out there the whole five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And another interesting thing that used to happen in tournaments in youth hockey that I've heard pr- proposed before, but I don't think the NHL will do it, is a as a three two one thing where you play a couple minutes of three on three, no one scores, you get on two on two. Play a couple minutes, nobody scores, you go to one on one until someone scores. Because again, someone's going to give it away. Someone's going to walk in on a breakaway and score. It's not going to take hours or even, you know, 10 minutes. It's going to happen really quickly when it goes down to two on two or one on one. Would that be kind of weird? Sure. But how cool would it be with just a puck on the ice and Sid and Ovi? Yeah. Go, go well, for it. I don't know. One on one's weird, though, right? It, it is weird. It's weird to watch when kids do it. So I couldn't imagine watching the pros do it, but it would be fun. It would be if it's like It's overtime. Here's Sydney. Here's Alex. There's the puck. Yeah. That'd wow. Be cool. Jesus and Bedard. <laughs> All the combinations wow. are nuts. Yeah, that's, yeah. Pretty, that's pretty interesting. I do really like that. You can't switch on the fly. Well, I think it, then, makes, it, it creates offense. It makes people tired. Right. But then they would just keep regrouping. I think they're just against the regroup. I think that's their number one complaint is the regroup. Well, the regroup's the one thing that the league hasn't been able to get out of the league. The the the, the Scotty Bowman will just run it back and do it again. Well, uh, that's what they're saying. Know. That is there going to be a shot clock? Or is there going to be you can't take it out and put it back? Like if you pull the puck out, you got to you, you can't do that. But then what are you going to do? You're going to you want to stop the game and that whistle in the face so off. It, could you bang the puck off of the shin guard of a defenseman and then get it back? Now it's like basketball where it's like you're trying to hit the somebody with the. Uh, that would be crazy to me. I don't like that that idea. No, I don't. I would, I would like, and it would probably not happen. I like your idea of, I like some way that people are going to get worn out and I would like it to go to 10 minutes. And then if nothing happens after that, then everyone gets a point. We all go home. Cause I'm, I am kind of, so no shootout. I am kind of over the shootout. And I do think the shootout really, it's taken me 20 years but now I do think I don't think playoff seating or playoff partip- participation should be linked to a a skills competition. Now that I've sat out the playoffs for one for one season, and think of all those lost points. Maybe I don't know. I I, I do think this should is should be kind of gone. Yeah, I, I mean the the fact is is you just said it right. It, I mean, if they made it most accurate shot. Would that be any different than the breakaway competition, which is what it is? Like, like it's just, and I realize they've had it in the Olympics for years and years, and it's part of hockey, it's part of sports. But whatever, I, I like, I just don't, I don't think the shootout is 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 any way to end a team sport. Like, like you wouldn't do it, and there's no other sport 
where you would just have, you know, one guy out there versus another, you know, player. And I know I just proposed that literally with the one versus one, but there's no other sport where it would come down to just two people like that. Like even a kicker to kick a field goal, he needs the other 10 guys to block. If they don't show up, he can't kick it. Well, so I just afraid- don't like the idea of a final play being one guy but phrase likes to shoot out right phrase well i do and i don't i think it depends sometimes it's it's i don't like it but sometimes it's pretty interesting it just depends uh you know sometimes it can be kind of fun to watch when you're there it's great when you're at the game it's a really great event to go to at home, you're kind of like, oh, great. This will be over in five minutes. Let's go. Let's go. It's kind of like you rush through it almost. I was trying to think who I watched the other night, and they just made a slick move. And then it's kind of fun if you see someone make a real cool move like that. Lafreniere I'll, had a nice one. I'm oh, trying yeah. to think who it was. Yeah, uh, Lafreniere. Might have been his. Where yeah. it just it was a real shifty move, and then you're kind. Then it's kind of cool. They did the drag, the forehand to the backhand, and that like little pop up goal that just. Yeah, that's so fast. Yeah, that was brilliant. My wife loves the shootout. <laughs> that's her favorite part. Really, it's all tied up, and they go. Well, she likes overtime, and then the shootout. Like that's her favorite <laughs> part. You know, it it's almost like can there just be the shootout so everyone can go home happy at at the game? There's no no one who spent 180 dollars on a ticket and three beers for 30 bucks each. Like, can the shootout just not count in the big picture? Can, can they do the shootout, but then it doesn't matter in the standings? Like, I mean, let's put the plates up like they do in the skills competition. <laughs> you know, can it just yeah. be like, you know, whatever the winning team gets an extra five hundred dollar bonus or whatever, but it doesn't count the standings? I mean, can it do that? I mean, bring out the cones. Yeah, bring out the cones. Um, all right, we're it's a long show. We'll do we'll do some awards. Lots of good stuff on the award. Lots of lots of uh, Howies this week. Lots of Howies this week. I uh, got a Howie. Oh, good. Uh, for the Shanty, we got uh, Backlund uh, destroying someone leading to the Hubidor goal. Hubidubidu scoring a goal. It was also a weak goal by DeSmith. So DeSmith will also get the Linda Cone when he Anderson shot it through his five hole. It just sat there. Then Doobie went behind him and put it in. So we got to Smith a couple times uh, this week. The Howies, I gotta love talking. Uh, uh, sm- smashing Biz on TNT. Biz is not there to defend himself, but uh, Toshe <laughs> giving Biz the business is pretty fun. I love seeing talk talking on uh, TNT. That was great. You had uh, the Dalkovich trolling the Steeler fans after the shutout today, wearing the Miles Garrett Browns jersey in the Penguin <laughs> locker room. I don't care if he wiped his ass with a terrible towel. If you uh, get a shutout as a Pittsburgh Penguin, you can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, way to go, Ned. I don't care. <laughs> thanks for thanks for stopping the puck, Ned. Um, we have uh, Gino and uh, Sid. He's playing soccer with the puck today. But then Sid broke his stick. He went back to the bench. Gino gave him his stick. Sid skated with it, and he just threw it down on the ice. <laughs> Went back and got his own stick. But that was pretty cool. And then we have Knoblock. First first game as a coach in Edmonton. Second game as a coach in Edmonton. Saying him and Hackstall are good friends. And Hackstall's mom would be cheering for him. What? You're calling out someone's mom? Your second game in the... Thank God you have Jesus on your side. And the last one. 
Uh, I like Nick Nixon, but he, I think he stole John Forsling's line. Yesterday, I was watching the Kings, and he goes, that's, now that's NHL hockey, baby. That's just, that's really close to John Forsling's standard call. Come on, Nick. Frazier Smith. I, you know, I was just thinking about how much it stinks that Generat and Mike Lang is still with us, but he's not on, on radio. Guys don't make the crazy calls like they used to. You know, the the, the guy that's going to say something wild now to left field, like, the, you know, the Vince Scully. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where'd Andy go? He, we lost him. Frazier, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, how we, well, I, you know, I guess it could be a skirt. Okay. And I wish, I wish Andy was here to uh, hear this. Reimer, uh, when St- on Stutzel's goal in OT, where he ducked. Yes! He ducked. I, you know, that was the weirdest move I've ever seen. That would have saved the game. I thought that, too. I thought that, too. A, it was just a goofy duck at the wrong time. I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, and, and it just, I couldn't, it was kind of funny. It was kind of a skirt type move. Reimer's been playing well too, you know, pretty I, well for, for Detroit. But uh, that really pissed me. It really made me mad as a Wings fan. Yeah. You're wearing a mask. Come on, Reimer. I Come thought on, this, dude. that's what the mask is for. I thought the same thing too. I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> He's a goalie. He's like, don't hit me with the puck. <laughs> come on. That's what goalies are supposed Yeah. Come on, man. And I like Reimer, but that was weird. Well, we just got word that Andy's phone died. So that's how long the show went. We give him a bonus, long show, yeah. Bonus content. So uh, 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 I had a Korea, and then I I don't know I lost it in my writings, but I had a Korea. <laughs> Somebody got someone got lit up and then scored. Oh damn it! Uh, anyway, dirtbag Lacombre, the duckies. He went. He hit Barkov. He, he need him, man. No, not not good. Uh, a skirt. I got. I will use yours. That was a good one. Uh, for the Mario, uh, Willie Nylander in Sweden. I mean, what, more can, what more can he, you do? He was on fire, bro. Uh, that was some home cooking. Yeah, coming back in the overtime winner against Minnesota. Claude, he was great. We, got, we got Frederick versus Boston. The Dio, we got Big Daddy Kane with the Natty Hattie, including the overtime winner versus Seattle. Uh, the Bob Pro Bear, we had Ehlers uh, from last week had uh, two. Uh, I missed him, uh, but last week he had, I want to make sure he gets his credit. He he fought Brendan Smith and scored two goals. So we got to make sure he got his due. Uh, saves, we had Demko, the toe on Wallstrom. Flower on Riley, which is the six save by uh, Flower. And then Stolarz, the pad on Henrique. Goonies, Clutterbuck crushed Freeman. Good for Clutterbuck. CeCe crushed Hagel. Kachuk screwed up Fiala. Murphy nailed someone in fight. Isimont O'Brien versus Dylan. Deshane Watson. Olivier versus Big Nick Delorier. And Middleton versus Zach McEwen. Uh, this Wednesday night, outside of Philly, me, Jameson, and Jim Florentine. Go see us. We're in Ben Salem, Ben Salem at the uh, brewery in Ben Salem, and then New Year's Eve, I will be at Sad Man's in Boca Raton. Man, and, that show, the metal show, is going to be a great show. It's going to be a fun one. And thanks to yeah. all the uh, puck off fans that came to the Improv this uh, Friday. That was cool. And yeah, uh, you it killed was fun. It at the Improv. 
but I didn't see it. The I didn't see anyone from the puck off at the how. But at the improv. Thanks for coming out Friday night. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm at uh, uh, Laugh Factory on uh, uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, or this Wednesday night. I'm at the Laugh Factory. Oh, right on. Yeah, a in Hollywood, and uh, we want to wish all the puck off fans happy Thanksgiving. Oh, absolutely. Right? And I will be yeah. back. I'll actually be at the Ice House Friday night after Thanksgiving. And you're coming over for Thanksgiving. I'll be back for Thanksgiving morning. That's for a, a big tradition. Thanksgiving feast with the buns. So, it's always awesome. Yeah. And uh, we want to wish all of you happy Thanksgiving, uh, even our Canadian listeners. Because uh, the Canadians. Well, they did theirs early. They did theirs early. Yeah, theirs already, they already had it. Yeah. Uh, Andy Picard. Uh, His phone died. You. His phone yeah, died. Yeah, phone died, but it was great to have him back this week. Well, congratulations on your Red Wings, I believe, are in play the playoffs right now as we speak at Thanksgiving. We, us Penguins are out right now, but it's, we still have a couple of days to go. So We, we are start. actually out, too, by a point. Because oh, well, you still have the a lightning. Uh, the lightning uh, uh, passed us by, by one point, but we're doing good. We're yes. off to a pretty good start. Well, uh, more hockey, of course, coming up. It's an exciting year so far. Uh, Joe, congrats on that shutout. And uh, Ned, and I will see you on Thanksgiving. Uh, Puck off fans, have a great holiday. Randy Picaro, Joe Barton, this is Fraser Smith. We are Puck off. We are out.